Do you want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily. It's called Spotify for Podcasters. It lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. You know I love that, and I promise you the other platforms don't offer that. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can also earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. I've been using Spotify for Podcasters from the very start. I highly recommend you give it a try. Just don't post on Monday. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Hey everyone, Gil Gross here, post-match. Iga Svantec versus Karolina Muhova, Roland Garros 2023 final. If you're not here for spoilers, click off the video in 3, 2, 1. It is a fourth major title for Iga Svantec. What was looking like a blowout in the first half became a very competitive affair, and ultimately, it's Svantec 6-4, in the third set. A couple of historical nuggets off the top, courtesy of WTA Insider. At 22 years old, Iga is the youngest since Monica Seles to win consecutive Roland Garros titles. She is the first woman to defend the title since Justine Ennin. She joins Monica Seles and Naomi Osaka as the only woman in the open era to win each of their first four slam finals. And she's the youngest to win four slams since Serena Williams. This has happened very quickly for Iga, but suddenly, after the 2022 surge, she is being mentioned in really great historical company with what she's done in a short period of time. On the other side of the net, Carolina Muhova. Uh, is a great story. Put together a great run. Took out a top eight seed in the first round in Maria Sakari. From the very start, we knew that that was a bad draw for Sakari. It turned into, in hindsight, one of the worst draws that you can possibly have. One of the worst draws in history in the first round for a top eight seed in a slam. And she beats someone who's looked nearly as impregnable as Sviantek in the semis in the world number two, Arena Sabalenka. Fantastic to see her healthy and go on a breakthrough run like this because anybody who's been following closely enough knew that this was potentially in the cards for Muhova uh, forever. And the signal that we had was how well she's always played against top players. She's always looked when she's taken the court against top players like she's right there with them. Eight and five against top 10 opponents since the start of 2021. Five and one versus top five players in her career now after finally taking that first loss in this final against Iga. Uh, but all that said, peak ranking before this match of 19 in the world. And unless you're Hugo Umber or Kaya Kanepi, that ain't right. That ain't right that you can play with the top, with the very best in the world and actually win the majority of your matches against the very best in the world, but you can't really 
be consistently in the top 20. And it all came down to health and just how consistently she was able to be on the court. So we hope I, I hope that the, the health thing turns around because not only is she a top talent in terms of winning tennis matches, she's also just a pleasure to watch. I mean, I, I think top five in entertainment value uh, because she she brings so much to the table in so many aspects of her game. Uh, she is athletic, and it's fun to watch her scramble and defend. Uh, she has great feel and great variety, and I enjoy watching her use her slice backhand. You guys know that I, I have talked about this a lot and the slice backhand on the WTA Tour and uh, what a disruptor that can be. Uh, she pairs it well with her drop shots. She is a great net rusher. Her athleticism comes into play with how she's able to cover the net. Her hands come into play, of course, as well. Uh, but then also just the power game, the technique on her serve, the power she brings on her serve. Her forehand is big and, and bad and bad and bad in a good way. I, maybe I should stop using bad in that way. It kind of comes from like my MMA, my MMA kind of background where like you, you say like, oh, he's a bad man or she's a bad woman. Uh, and, it, and it's a good thing. But in tennis, maybe it's not in the vernacular. Anyway, uh, even her power game is really fun to watch. Beautiful, flowy technique. Ash Barty, there's kind of a stylistic comparison there. You know, Barty had, of course, the slice backhand. Not as good a drive backhand as Muhova. Also, uh, the slice and the big forehand. And just the natural athleticism. And everything kind of looked very natural for Ash. And it's funny... The reason I bring up Ash is not to recycle that take that I've seen everywhere and it's not original at all that she plays like Barty, but also because here with this Roland Garros run, I think we do have a bit of an Ash-Barty thing happening where Ash had her breakthrough, Roland Garros 2019. She wins her first major on clay. A lot of time goes by, actually, before she wins her second major. So for a while, she was sitting on that one. But it didn't make much sense for her style and this surface. And I think the same could be said about Muhova. I, I don't think clay suits her. She can be good on all surfaces, yes. But I think, you know, the, the quicker the courts, the better for her skill set. And I expect her, I think she's made two quarterfinals at Wimbledon. I expect her to be a contender there. And U.S. Open and Australian Open, you know, they have the potential to be better majors for her than Paris. So just like Barty, her breakthrough comes at Roland Garros, but it's not necessarily indicative of what we might see in the long term. Let's get into the match. This was looking like a Sviantec blowout. First set, 6-2. Second set, three love. Iga, what honestly stood out was just how clean she was playing. I mean, five unforced errors in the first set, but I just, it felt like none. You know, it didn't feel like, and, and maybe it's because they were spread out. Maybe it's because they didn't come in big spots, but it just seemed like Sviantec was giving nothing, nothing cheap. She was trusting her legs. Her movement on clay is the best in the world. And she can use her forehand and the weight of shot on her forehand to force errors into big targets. And there were so many forehands that were deep and heavy that were finishing points for her, but they, they weren't close to the lines and they didn't seem high risk at all. 
And that was just the balance, and that lent itself, obviously, to the consistency that I'm talking about with Iga not really giving up anything for free. And Muhova was uh, pretty pretty erratic, especially with her power off the ground. And she put together a really good highlight reel in the first set. A much better highlight reel than Iga, honestly. There were flashes of brilliance for Muhova, but every point counts the same. And it was just a classic first set and change of, you know, you show a young player that kind of passage of play, and it's a it was a brilliant demonstration of, look, you can play these these beautiful points where you're finishing at net and you're coming up with with precise and impressive transition game ground strokes and all of that. But if you can't on a point to point to point basis, keep the ball in play, you're not going to get the reward for that on the scoreboard. And Iga was just going to work and playing airtight tennis. The, uh, the, the number of unforced errors that were coming from Muhova, though, needs to be pondered, needs to be considered because tennis isn't played in a vacuum, right? Well, one, I think there is some some Sviantek intimidation factor at this point. She's built up an aura very quickly. And the, I think there is a sense of, I need to play so unbelievably well. It, it seemed like Carolina felt that way when she took the court because she really was asking a lot of herself in just the the aggressive the aggressiveness that she was bringing to each shot. So I think there's intimidation fact factor. I also think there's wind. There's been wind. There continues to be wind. And Iga has the perfect wind tennis traits. Really great movement, you know, footwork that just willing to take those beautiful small adjustment steps to get herself in the right position. The heavy topspin and the heavy weight of shot that just cuts through the wind, and even when you're playing with the wind, it it allows her to control the ball much better with the wind and against the wind. There's enough muscle there for her to still uh, do damage. And attitude, you know, really good attitude. She never gets bothered from wind, I don't think. I think sometimes she can feel the pressure, and she did, and we'll get to that soon. Uh, but Iga just has perfect wind traits, and uh, Muhova was probably playing a little bit too flat and precise for what the conditions were. Or, I don't know, precise is a compliment. So I would say a little bit too uh, flat into small targets. Too, too much flat ground strokes into small targets, I would say. At 3-1, we get our turning point. Iga... Uh, makes a very rare unforced error. At this point, very rare forehand down the line, unforced error off of Muhava defense. And in this case, it was slice defense. And I wrote in all caps, in real time, so rare. Because it was just like this... It was this kind of shock to the system unforced error. It, it just looked strange. It looked like something was changing. And then on the next point... Muhova hits this very measured forehand approach uh, that just looked very, again, within herself. 
and Iga misses a backhand pass wide. So she asked the question. It was not a amazingly damaging approach, but she just asked the question, and Sviantek made another unforced error. Then it was love 30. And then after that, uh, from 30-all, Muova hits just two unbelievable forehands down the line. Uh, one of them was on the run and just gorgeous stuff. The forehand got hot. The forehand got hot for Muhova, and it completely turned the match. Uh, she uses the delayed approach better than anybody who I've who I've really seen uh, on on the women's side easily. I think it's it's kind of uh, Alcaraz esque how well she uses the delayed approach, where she'll hit a forehand, she'll kind of figure out how good it really is, and if it's great, she will dart forward late and attack the floater and she's fast enough and athletic enough to do it and I think it makes her forehand even better than than it really is at face value now Iga kind of spiraled she panicked I think she was ahead in the scoreboard she felt her level dipping she felt Muhova's level raising and she would never never for the rest of the match find the same consistency that she had in the first set and as the consistency thing kind of got more even, Muhova had had a little bit of an easier time smoothing over mistakes. Better, bigger first serves, bolder forehands, effective drop shots. Iga, when she started missing more, it didn't feel like she had all that much going. I think in the third set, she started kind of producing a little bit more off of her forehand. But certainly in the second set, uh, we reached a point in the match where it didn't feel like she had that much going. From up 3-1, the 5-all game was a a total horror show game from Iga. Unforced error after unforced error. Uh, At 6-5, Muhova starts with an error and a double fault, but this is a good uh, example of just how she can kind of crawl back into the game with the first strike firepower, and that's what she did. At 40-all, she executes what was the point of the match, a fantastic serve and volley. Uh, where she needed to hit three great volleys because Iga hit a good return. She had a pretty good uh, second passing shot and uh, a third passing shot where she was off the court and Muhova made the stretch volley. Uh, Point of the match in a huge spot. Again, athleticism at net. Beautiful uh, volley technique. All awesome. And Iga missed a return on set point. So a set of piece here. Third set, very up and down from both. Four breaks in the first eight games. Let's go ahead to four all. Crunch time. Down to business. Break point. Could we get five breaks in the first nine games? I don't have huge compliments for the quality of play. Uh, There were good moments for both. But again, it was just up and down, up and down, up and down. There was a moment where I did think that Sviantek was going to run away with the third set. Just an opening there. Uh, Early to midway through. And then it's just like, boom, she plays eight poor points basically in a row. Uh, maybe not that drastic, but it was it was certainly two super bad games in a row. So nobody could really pull away. Uh, four all, 30-40, break point, Muhova, low backhand slice, short in the court. Kind of what she wants. And Iga hits this shin-high mid-court backhand cross-court. It's an approach shot, but she never needs to hit another ball. 
because it forces an error. It was such a good backhand. It was so important. Uh, all in all, Sviantek, really good for the most part, hitting backhands from low contact points. A key against the backhand slice, as I've discussed earlier in the tournament. And this was massive. And then she finds two first serves in a row, both at the Muhova forehand, both unreturned serves, and she's out of the game. The first serve of Iga, you know, to get two free points, that was something because that's obviously not what she does generally. She's not going to get free points with her serve on clay. She does it on back-to-back -back points at four all. She holds. That felt so big. That just felt massive because, again, that neither player was really holding serve. So at four all, to save a break point with that awesome backhand to get two free points and hold, they change ends, four five. All right. You felt like that next game was at least 50-50. And Iga started it on the right foot. Amazing forehand return to start so deep, like just in front of the baseline. A really big, uh, heavy topspin forehand angle cross court from Iga. Forehand down the line approach that was really high percentage, but pretty heavy. And Muhova went to the backhand lob. And it was long. Let me just pause for a second to say. Next time they play, Muhova needs to make Iga volley more. And I know that sounds kind of crazy because Sviantek only won 42% of her net points, which is bad. It suggests that Muhova was actually doing a really good job of making Iga play at net. But honestly, it should have been worse. It really should have been worse because there were so many big spots where Muhova was going for clean passes or hitting lobs long, and you, you, you can't do that against Iga. Every time she's at net, she needs to hit a volley, period. So this was one example of where Muhova didn't make her volley. Um, all right, next point, love 15. Again, it was kind of this Sviantek really heavy on the forehand cross court. Nothing risky about it. Wasn't looking to finish. Really was just kind of building with her with her weight of shot. And she got the miss. That's Iga stuff. Like that's what Sviantek. That's her superpower on clay. With that forehand. And just how big. And just how much topspin she generates off of it. And she can hit to big targets. When she's confident and she's accelerating. And for portions of the second set, it seemed like she wasn't fully. But throughout this third set, you got to give her credit for this. She she was she was going after her forehand at the very least. And she finds another error. Now it's love 30. Uh, you know, there's one good... Uh, there's a big service winner at love 30. But then the next two points, uh, Muhova kind of gives it away. Serve plus forehand cross-court on forced error that she hit wide. She was attacking. And then a double fault, unfortunately, on match points. So she folded there at the end. But Iga played a great point at love all, a good point at love 15. And at that point, uh, she was in a really good position to break serve. And that was it. Sviantek, I think next time she plays like there's a lot of room to improve still. A ton of room to improve. That was one of my big takeaways is when Muhova was using the drop shot, which was all in all so effective and drawing her forward. Sviantek like still needs to develop a drop shot of her own. Still needs to learn how to 
finish with her finesse short in the court, doesn't do those things well, it could be a huge boost for her in this head-to-head in this matchup in the future. But uh, but she didn't need it. She was gritty in the end. She struggled to play her best tennis with a lead in the second set and at times in the third set. But once it came down to it, Iga really made some fantastic winning plays in crunch time. And it is a well-deserved fourth major title for Sviantec. Now stuff will get a little bit tougher for her. I say I would say she absolutely, right, especially because Madrid is weird. Madrid is not normal clay. She uh she absolutely kind of followed up and uh, what was a just a dominant 2022 clay court season with another great 2023 clay court season. Not not quite as much of a, a sweep, but there were injury issues. There were even bigger expectations. And she should be super proud. So congratulations to Iga and her fans. Hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to subscribe. I'll see you next time.